Hey, Peter Howard here from the Dynasty Crossroads Show. Did you know people that listen to the Dynasty Crossroads Show are 20% more likely to be happy? Probably, maybe. This and other maybe facts on the Dynasty Crossroads. Check it out. Yeah. Chicken, chicken or crow, crow, chicken or crow, crossing the... Welcome to the DLF Dynasty Podcast with your hosts, Dan Myler, Ryan McDowell, and Matt Price. Yeah, we are back, and I am Dan, and that is Matt, and over there is Ryan, and we are the DLF Dynasty Podcast for episode 570 of the show. We got a lot to talk about, including some ADP. We're going to hop in the Dynasty DeLorean on the show and, and try to try to predict or, or just tell our listeners really about ADP this uh, from a year from now. And then we're doing a dynasty doppelganger segment comparing 2022 rookies to this year's crop as well. Ryan, you're here. Uh, how's it going, bud? I'm here. I'm glad to be here. Uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a rocky uh, off season or past month for us. We've we've missed Matt. We uh, we missed uh, we missed all together last week. We don't like to yeah. do that, but we're back. We're ready to talk some dynasty, and uh, yeah, we're doing well. And now you're going to be missing next week, Ryan. So we're just kind of going through the motions <laughs> here in the off season, trying to get this thing uh, ready to roll by the time the, the season comes around. Uh, sorry about missing that episode last week. Matt, you haven't been on in a minute. Yeah, it's been a while, man. Like I, I only intended to miss one week with vacation, but just the way schedules worked out, it uh, ended up being two. And then last week I was ready to go, Dan and uh you know, we had some more issues with scheduling. So yeah, things just uh, didn't work out. That's the first time I've been doing the pod for a long time. Yeah. Uh, like going on 400 episodes now that I've been on. I think that's the first time that that's happened. But we are back and we are ready to start this thing up. The Startup. So the biggest thing that's happened recently in the Dynasty space is the Nuke release. DeAndre Hopkins released by the Cardinals. And it just kind of looks to me, Matt, like the Cardinals couldn't trade him and Nuke was upset and they just decided, all right, we'll cut ties. Uh, I mean, yeah, like I did. I mean, it's good for Nuke, you would think. Like, they're clearly not going to win a title. I saw that comment that, that the Cardinals said it's no big deal dropping dropping DeAndre Hopkins, and I was like, oh, what a slap in the face on the way out. I mean, I'm yeah. I mean, I mean, I saved they saved some money. I'm sure. I'm sure they know that this is not a competing year too. Uh, so I mean, good for Nuke. I hope he goes I somewhere. Know. You know, he's talking about maybe being excited <laughs> to go back to Houston. Like we, we we're going to talk about these landing spots, but like that doesn't, I mean, if he's just ready to go back and hang out with his family and, and earn a paycheck, that seems fine. But like. I would think a guy like Nuke wants to try to win a title. So, like, it doesn't seem like that's the place for that. Well, he's used to playing yeah. with <laughs> below average quarterbacks, I would say. And then he got Kyler, who couldn't stay healthy. You know, maybe he, he does want the go back home, all that kind of stuff. But there is speculation, Ryan, that he could land in Cleveland. There's people talking about New England. Buffalo's on the radar, I think. Everybody wants Kansas City. And then, of course, that Houston thing. So, when you think about DeAndre Hopkins at this point in his, in his career, you got him on teams. I got him on teams. Where do you want Nuke to be playing next year? Oh, I mean, I think the answer has to be Kansas City, clearly. Um, 
I mean, this is obviously the best, uh, one of the best, if not the best offense in the league uh, with the best quarterback in the league. And at least in my opinion, they have uh, an opening at the top of their wide receiver depth chart, maybe, maybe the top two spots uh, potentially. So they could use some help. I don't know at this at this point how realistic that is. We've, uh, you know, they're six hundred fifty thousand in cap space. That's it, right? They don't have a ton of cap space, and honestly, I mean, kind of connecting the dots here. Arizona evidently couldn't even get a day three pick for DeAndre Hopkins. So bizarre. Uh, it's been several days. What? It's been close to a week, I guess, since since he was released and. We've, we've heard these reports about different teams, uh, but nothing has actually happened. And uh, another report says that uh, DeAndre Hopkins needs to prepare to be patient. So that's, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe the demand is just not there. Or maybe he's doing the veteran thing, like I don't want to go hang out at training camp i don't want to do all that nonsense i want to come in you know after all that all that crazy hard work is done and you know float oh. into the season and be myself you know uh, he's got a long way to he's, wait for that he's if got that's the plan uh yeah i mean it, i mean realistically i think these all all these teams are fun i mean i don't know if they're going to work some cap magic that's cool that that could work out we've seen that happen before i think cleveland is really interesting where you you know pairing back up with deshaun watson and we've seen their willingness to spend money but i, I did look up the top like, like the teams that have like i think have a realistic shot uh, have at least 14 million in cap space starts with the bears at the top with 32 million all the way down to the saints with 14 um the packers dan they're never going to do it, but they got four. They got they got Won't they act. got sixteen million in cap space. The Cowboys kind of interesting, you know. The I don't know. Any other thoughts? The Bengals. I mean, I, the Bengals. Like, I don't know. It, it, it's it's a bizarre situation. What I really want to know though is what what are we doing in Dynasty right now? It's a it's a holding pattern for for people with him on your roster. If you can get him at any kind of discount, what? What's where's that line for you? A third? I'm not paying a second, and and I don't oh, think anybody's okay. selling. You're him. not getting and, him. And, and, yeah, for, I'm, for not, a third. I'm not paying a second. I don't think anybody that has him is necessarily selling him for a second either, unless they're just completely out on competing in 2023, right? So he just seems like the epitome of a hold for anybody that actually has him. There are actually. I think I'd give the late second if I had that. Right yeah, now. there are actually checking out the trade finder over at DLF. Lots of. Uh, Lots of trades for a second, some uh, an, an earlier second this current season, uh, some a future second. So I, I think that that kind of seems to be the going rate and, and people are selling at that price. I mean, I think the immediate release uh, was a boost to his value. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe maybe that only lasted two or three days. And now that we're several days in and we're hearing these reports and looks like the bills and the chiefs don't have money. And maybe these other teams in general, aren't as interested as we might've expected. Now the price is already dropping. And, and I think Matt, or I think Dan's right. You're, you're not going to get him for a third, but if that's your price point, then obviously you don't want him that badly anyway. And and that's okay. I mean, you look at his past, uh, his past year and a half missed most of the, back half of the 2021 season. Uh, and then of course was suspended 
for PEDs to start the this past season, and and when he came back, did have uh, some really good games, but you know didn't didn't seem to be quite the same nuke that we had been used to, and of course uh, that could be age related as well. So you know, you really wonder if if teams are looking at him as as over the hill at this point. Yeah, that's what I was kind of wondering. I I feel like he's got something left and he's got something to prove. That PED thing, for those of us that were were watching Hard Knocks last year, he was upset about that visually. You could you could tell that 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 wasn't expected and he had he thought he had something to prove a year ago. Well that didn't work out. So I I kind of think he's looking for the perfect situation to maybe not take the league by storm or anything like that, but maybe re-solidify himself as one of the premier wide receivers in the league, at least for the next year or two. So I'll be buying if I can get him for that second round pick, especially if it's in the second half of the second round. I got a couple leagues where we don't draft until like August. If this holds out long enough, I'm, I might be sending that offer. <laughs> Let's hop in the Dynasty DeLorean. Where we're going, we don't need ADP. Yeah, we're setting the date to June 1st, 2024, and we are going to talk about the ADP a year from now. Um, first of all, we should we should kind of preface this conversation that that we we talked about this a year ago and ryan i know you dig you dug into a lot of the information and stuff like that i'll let you get to that but it was an episode where just me and matt were on and we talked about the adp from june of 2023 ryan how do we do on that uh it was it was it was hit or miss we uh (laughs) we must have set the dial wrong matt listen remember in this game the best of us only get 60% of right things right. So if we get, you know, seven or eight of the 12, I feel pretty good. Yeah, you guys, uh, you you agreed on 10 of the 12 players, first of all. So that was that was good to get some consensus among the two of you um, with, with just a couple of outliers each. Uh, but ultimately, um, you got seven of those correct. So seven of your 12 bad. predictions were correct. And, you know, if you not too no. bad. And and if we if we look at this month's ADP, uh, the 2023 June ADP names like Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase and Bijan Robinson are at the top, followed by A.J. Brown, Jonathan Taylor, C.D. Lamb and Christian McCaffrey. And then the last five are Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. That's that's a shocker down there at number 12. Yeah, it absolutely, absolutely is. And uh, as we're trying to project ADP from a year, a, a year from now, um, obviously we see players in and out of, of ADP every month, and, and but certainly year over year. Um, there's, there's a couple of players that stand out as likely to not be in this group this time next year. Well, let's look at the history of how often players do stick around for an entire year, or at least recover that value if they do drop out. From year to year, it seems like, looking back on what has happened over the last few years, about half of the players 
in June one season will no longer be in round one a year later. Yeah, we now have 10 years worth of, of ADP data at DLF from these monthly mock drafts and uh, looking back uh, all the way to 2014 and, and comparing uh, the same month year over year where we're seeing uh, somewhere between five and eight players as holdovers from the previous season. So five is the low number that was in 2021 when we kind of had that that influx of, of young guys like Jonathan Taylor and Justin Jefferson, uh, Cam Akers and DeAndre Swift were in that group as well. Uh, but most years it's been six, seven, sometimes even as high as, as eight players retaining their first round ADP from the previous season. So let's get into this. We, I mentioned the names, the 12 uh, guys that are in the first round of ADP in 2023. If we're, if we're, if we have to remove six of these guys, who's the most obvious for you, Matt? The most obvious one I think is, you know, low, the low hanging fruit, so to speak, I think is Tyreek Hill, right? Like, I mean, yeah. you, you could, I think you could tell a story how he still remains in the top 12. I think you can really with all of these guys. But for him, for me, it, it's him at the top and then another old, if we want to call him that, uh, right after him. Ryan, you agree? Yeah, I think there's a couple that really stand out, but certainly Tyreek Tyre Hill is, I think, the most obvious one. I mean, first of all, he's the 12th player. So, you know, almost almost by default, yeah. whoever that is would be likely to fall out. Tyreek Hill is also already 29 years old, will obviously be 30 this time next year. If you even look back to last month's ADP, he was 21 overall. So more like a late second rounder rather hmm. than a late first rounder. Um, I don't, I'm not really sure what, uh, what has caused this uh, mini jump in value over the past month. You know, sometimes, uh, sometimes that just happens. We, we like to have different people participating in the mock drafts and, and especially I would say from the late first to the early third, these players are, are packed in there pretty tightly. So we do see, we do see those jumps uh, or falls uh, every single month, but yeah, certainly I think Tyree kill is, is the most obvious guy uh, that will not be in this group this time next year. So who's next then? It's got to be Christian McCaffrey. Yep. I mean, you guys, uh, yeah. You guys had this conversation last year. McCaffrey was a first rounder this time last year, and um, and it is turns twenty seven uh, actually just in a couple days. Um, so it, I mean, it didn't. We didn't expect him to still be a first rounder, uh, especially coming off those two seasons with um, missing almost the entire season with injury. He bounces back. He gets traded. He stays healthy. Like everything came up CMC last year, and and that helped him uh, to maintain this value. But I can't imagine a year from now when he's about to turn twenty eight that he will still be a first rounder. In fact, um, he you know he'll be lucky just based on our historical trends. He'll be lucky to be even a top thirty player. For sure. I had Tyreek and Christian McCaffrey as the top two guys most likely to fall out. After that, we 
there's probably we could probably deliberate over the next few names, Matt. Who who would you say are the next couple yeah. guys? You said you had four. Yeah, I got four others. that stick out to me anyway. And you know, again, you can tell a story either direction for these guys, but for me, just the 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 the, the environment that Brees Hall is in, the the injury situation of him maybe starting slow. Uh like he seems like a guy that could fall out of the group. And then Jonathan Taylor, you know, if he doesn't bounce back from that injury, mm. he has a rookie quarterback with him who's going to be doing a lot of rushing on his own, probably taking a lot of those goal line touchdowns, probably not going to be getting as many uh, receptions as he has in the past. So Hall and Taylor were the next two guys on my list. And I, I think those are the two easiest guys to tell a story of why they might fall out uh, from the rest of these guys. Yeah, I had Hall third on my list as well for the same reasons. Any any hiccup with an injury, anything like that, that could, that could derail that value relatively quickly, especially if it's a long-term injury. Ryan, you agree with those two guys? Uh, I do. I had both of those guys on my list. And, and again, just looking at, at our data dating back to 2014, the players that are retaining their spots year over year are largely those wide receivers. Um, So, I mean, that position I think is just, and this is this is why we build our teams around wide receivers so often. Um, it's it's easier for those players to maintain their value year over year. Um, easier to predict uh, the the value trends with with wide receivers. And I mean, it's it's just challenging with running backs. They they seem to lose value so quickly. Um, one injury can can really you know derail if not a career, certainly the value. I mean, going back to the show that you guys did a year ago, you both agreed that JK Dobbins and Deandre Swift would be first rounders <sighs> this month. And, you know, that's not to point out. They're that, not, <laughs> they did not quite make it. Uh, JK Dobbins, uh, 49 overall and, uh, Deandre Swift, uh, 61 overall. So, uh, didn't quite make it. And I mean, that's not to, you know, that's not to point out a bad call because I don't even think it was. I think I probably would have agreed if I was if I was on the show with you guys that that week. It's just it, both of those guys dealt with injuries um, and and that, you know, that decimated their value, at least in the short term. So. That kind of knowing that pushed me towards those running backs, Brees Hall and, and Jonathan Taylor, along with McCaffrey as guys who. Uh, could potentially fall out of the top 12. So guys, there are four running backs in the top 12 in June ADP 2023. And we've kicked three of them out for a year from now. McCaffrey, Brees Hall, and Jonathan Taylor. The only remaining name is Bijan Robinson, Matt. You, You thinking about him as a guy that could be one of these last two that need to go? I don't think so. I think I think he's staying. He's the he's the only running back out uh, that I feel I feel safe that is going to be in the first round next year at this point. I, I honestly don't have a good answer for the final two. Um, I did again. I'm just telling telling stories of the way of ways it could happen. You know, so my fifth guy was Jalen Waddle. And for him, I feel like, you know, if it's Tyreek has another banger season, I think that there's a there's a re- way that he could fall out. If Tua gets hurt again, I think there's a way that he could fall out. 
Um, so, I mean, it's not a great story, but like, I think you can, if you squint, you can see it. And then the last one that you'd really have to squint, I think for me would be, would be AJ Brown and Devonte Smith played just, just played so well down the stretch. And I don't want to say that, that he's the, the, the true wide receiver one there in Philadelphia, but you know, AJ Brown has had issues of, with himself with, with injuries and things like that. If he was to get hurt and have a, 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 a less than a normal AJ Brown season, I think you could, and, and Devonte Smith kind of stepped up. Um, I could see them kind of not necessarily flip-flopping in value, but enough to get AJ Brown uh, out of that top 12 uh, over the final, I believe nine games last season, you know, Devonte was basically on the same kind of pace that uh, uh, at AJ Brown was in terms of a points per game. Uh, standpoint you know they both had uh, I think equal numbers of of games where they outscored the other one so I think there's a scenario where AJ Brown could fall out of the top 12 next season but it's not a strong case and I certainly don't think it's going to happen yeah how about you Ryan I I had Waddle on my list as well Um, I I know we were trying to get to uh, we were trying to get to six those are the five I came up with uh, the the three running backs and the and the two Dolphins receivers. I think Matt threw out a couple of good, um, you know, possibilities that could hurt Waddle. Whether it's the play of Tyree Kill, uh, the status of Tua, um, and then you know he's also the eleventh guy on this list. So again, kind of kind of the easy yeah. one to cherry pick as a possible player to fall, and and, and then. I just look at the depth of the wide receiver class, especially these guys that are in the low end wide receiver one uh, and, and throughout the, the wide receiver two group almost as, as interchangeable. So, you know, would it be crazy if Waddle fell in and some of these other 22, 23, 24 year old wide receivers replaced him? I know we're going to get to some of those names in a moment, that that wouldn't be that shocking at all. So um, not even that he's going to lose a ton of value, but just just that they're kind of interchangeable pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and th- maybe that could be said for a couple of the names. Yeah. Really, you would Ceedee Lamb and and even Garrett Wilson. And would it be shocking if Garrett Wilson was fourteen on the list a year from now uh, because some of these other guys surged so high? I don't think that would that would really shock anybody, and Amon Ross St. Brown certainly falls into that that range as yep. well. So um, I guess we'll leave it at five. This will be one of the years where only five fall out because we uh, we all agreed on those five names. If I had to pick a sixth name, I would have said Amon Ross St. Brown just because I'm not so sure about everything in Detroit. There wouldn't be shocking if if something derailed his season and, and he got bumped down just a little bit. So let's uh, let's try to add some names. We got to come up with at least five that are going to jump into round one, Matt. Is there one guy that you think he he's in for sure? Um, That isn't in right now. Yeah. I wrote down um, Chris Olave sounds seems like an obvious obvious one to me like he's yeah, the number one you nailed it yeah. there <laughs> matt matt took the easy one tyreek falls out and chris olave is he, thir- is he 13 matt took the easy right one now? chris olave is 13th this month if you look oh, at last month's realize. adp uh olave was 11 overall so he's he's already been in that first round <laughs> okay range, so i got another answer for you i got a better answer for you drake drake right, drake let's, london let's drake london is the next time. is the next one on my list 
Okay. Is that better? All right. Sticking with those second year, uh, second year receivers. That uh, he was a guy I considered for sure. I could get spicier if you want me to get spicier. Well, I no I, that that's a good start. I thought about London as well. Uh, um, I mean, for a few different reasons. Obviously, um, being a young wide receiver is already kind of a, a you know a mark on uh, on his side as far as those are the players. Those are the types of players we value. And of course he was, he's a former first round draft pick. He's in line to be the wide receiver one on his team. I'm just, you know, I look at that Falcons team, especially with the addition of Bijan Robinson and the um, lack of upgrade at quarterback. And, and I just wonder how this year is going to be any different uh, pass volume wise or pass efficiency wise. I think it could be another rough year for Drake London and Kyle Pitts, honestly. I mean, I've been avoiding those guys uh, in redraft leagues and in, you know, in, in underdog leagues. I've, I've kind of been staying away from those guys at, at their ADP because I'm worried about the, the same exact thing. So uh, right now he's 27 overall. So a jump from 27 into the top 12 would not be crazy. We see that type of move uh, every year, basically. So that's, that's not out of line. I, I just, I just have a hard time telling the story of him getting there based on what I expect from the Falcons this year. I think they've got to be more. Yeah, I, I landed in the same spot. I, I, uh, I, I left him off. If, if I needed to come up with six, I went without London. Ryan, if there's a second guy for you behind Olave, who would it be? Uh, well, I, I uh, it's, t- it's tough to narrow down here. I'm going to go with, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah. Um, he, he would be okay. the next on my list. Um, again, these young wide receivers were, were chasing those types of players. Uh, he is already the wide receiver 15 and, uh, and in that mid to late second round range. So he's already carrying the value. Um, I expect this to be Tyler Lockett's final season in Seattle. So even if JSN doesn't have that huge, um, statistical season as a rookie uh i think if if london i'm sorry if uh lockett moves on as i expect him to then i think the value really goes crazy for jsn uh like early next off season well i think i, I just think this whole you know i think the the, the strongest narrative out there about jsn is he's going to have a tough 2023 because he just can't possibly compete with lockett and and uh and dk Metcalf out there and this is a team that wants to run the ball so much but this can we go back and remember that this is a guy that has has outproduced two very strong wide receivers in college and, and in the nfl with garrett wilson mm-hmm. and chris olave we have uh the pass ex passing game coordinator from the rams he's been there for a couple of years now he knows how to run, run three wide receiver sets we're just i think we're focusing too much on the pass with this offense and i don't think it's out of the question that jsn could could certainly outperform tyler lockett this season and possibly from a target standpoint outperform uh, uh dk metcalf so I absolutely agree that JSN is in the conversation to get into the back half of the first round next year. Yeah, he was the next name on my list as well. I think if I had to dig a little deeper and find one that might surprise you guys, I had Christian Watson on my list for a lot of the reasons that we're talking about. He's expected to be that number one alpha receiver in Green Bay this year. And Although I'm a Packer fan, you see that guy that can that traditional X receiver that can he's six four over two hundred pounds. He showed uh, enough 
in long enough stretches last year that if he puts it all together, it wouldn't be surprising to see him in the top 12 a year from now. Is there another name you wanted to add to the list here, Matt? Um, it, it starts to get really, really dicey. I think, uh, I think Watson is, well, we got to come up with at least two more. Could you see, I mean, geez, it's just, it's so difficult. I mean, I I would go all the way down to widers, the current wide receiver 29 Traylon Burks. I think he's going to get a crap ton of targets this year. Uh, So, I mean, if volume drives fantasy points, like he's really the only option in town outside of Oconquo. Uh, and I mean, it's not a very attractive offense, certainly, but with a high volume, I think he could potentially get there. And obviously a healthy season health was a concern for him last year, you know, but outside of those guys, it's tough to look at anybody for me outside of the rookies, maybe like, uh, maybe like, I think we're all think that Jordan Addison is going to have an incredible season. We know that four teams every year, put two wide receivers in the top 24 of our final, uh, fantasy points standings. So I think he's got a shot to get there. But it's really tough to see. Like a lot of the guys that are going to be really productive are going to be are going to be hitting these age cliffs where we just don't want them in the first round, right? A uh, couple things to respond to there. I did have Addison as my next guy uh, yeah. in the top twelve. Me too. Um, currently fifty one overall. I believe last month he was. Um, uh, let's see, where was he? Sorry, guys. Uh, last month he was 46 overall. So in that in that low end wide re- wide receiver two range, um, I mean Adam Thielen ran the second most routes of any wide receiver last year. Justin Jefferson ran the most. Like he's going to he's going to slide right in. I mean even if even if KJ Osborne's the wide receiver two, uh, you know the first month of the season, the first six weeks of the season, if if uh, Addison starts slowly, he's going to see a ton of opportunity, a ton of volume, in my opinion. And I think he's going to gain a lot of value just 21 years old right now. So I'm, I'm there on Addison. Uh, I nearly put Christian Watson on my list as well. So I, I would not argue with that one at all, Matt, I, I gotta call you out on Traylon Burks. I gotta, I gotta ask you okay. about this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, as I was listening back to last year's episode and, and jotting some notes about who you guys projected. God, what did uh, I say? You said if Traylon Burks does not have a huge rookie season, he's going to be your biggest dynasty sell. Ooh, man. I don't feel that way now. So uh, I guess I was. Well, not, I mean, it was, there. it was injury related, at least partially. Yeah. So. You know, maybe, yeah, I just think that the situation. Plus. <laughs> I mean, I I just think the value's fallen too far far on him. I think he belongs to be uh, belongs with the other second year wide receivers, not necessarily Wilson or Lave or, or London, but up there certainly with Watson. Um, I guess he's probably in that same range. And Watson's wide receiver nineteen. He's wide receiver twenty nine. So yeah, I think he's. I mean, Watson is like, twenty spots. At, Watson's almost, you know, almost two full rounds ahead of him. Yeah, like he deserves, I think, to be closer to like the wide receiver 20-ish range, I think, instead of the wide receiver 29 that he is currently. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I I guess I disagree with myself from last year. I didn't is think that... he would fall this far. I don't think he'd, <laughs> fall, right. he'd fall this far. Yeah. Okay, guys, we got we to gotta move on, but we got to put a running back in here. The, 
if you had to put a running back in the first round of next year's ADP, who's the guy, Ryan? Jameer Gibbs, I guess. I, I, got I don't, one. I don't yeah, feel you, great about it, but I got one. He would, he would Ma- be my Matt, guy. you got somebody else? I'm Andre Stevenson. Mm. All right. I could, I could see that happening. I'm going to uh, Ramondre Stevenson will be 26 be... this time next year. Like I, I like yeah, that. If player, he has I... a, if he has another massive season, like where he's going to carry, no. get all, get all the carries have the, he had like a get, what was it? Like six, six game stretch with a 20% target share. You know, I don't I think, think it matters gonna... though. Cause that's exactly what Josh Jacobs did. And Josh Jacobs had that, you know, he had that uh, previous value as the top two or three pick in, in dynasty rookie drafts. He had the best season of his career and he gained a ton of value, but he's still 31 overall and he's still RB 10. So, and, and he's, he's, uh, but people hate Josh Jacobs. People hated Josh Jacobs has been in the league like a decade. People have had a lot of time to hate Josh, Josh Jacobs. He's one month older than Ramondre Stevenson. I, I know, but he's been in here forever. Um, I don't know. I have some other. Uh, no, some I other like Stevenson. I just don't. Th- I just don't think he can get into the first round. What about he what about Pierce? Can Pierce get so. there? I mean, he's Damian young. Pierce. Yeah, he would need a. He would need a dynamite. Yeah, he would need to have an incredible like, season, like an MVP caliber season. He's twenty three right now. I don't think he's getting up there. I I think if some. I'm going to take Devin A. Chain and just hope he yeah. just lights the world on fire. He's 21. I mean, there are like, he got a great landing spot. There's profiles. Maybe right, there's have. profiles of these guys that can even get there. And yeah, I mean, A. Chain could be one, you know, based on age, obviously Travis Etienne, I think could get there. Um, I got another, yeah, he I got, was another, the other I got one another, I got another, I got one more name. I want to throw out there. I want to throw out Do it. Zach Charbonnet. I'm coming yes. around. Yes, com- okay, we got to we got to move on. Yeah, he could. I'm coming he around could. to Charbonnet. Like, what if he is just the lead back? Uh, just some some stats I've written down over the past couple of, of weeks. Uh, Walker had 12 percent of his carries last season went for 10 plus yards. This is great. But 24 percent of his carries had zero negative yards. He had 12 of Seattle's 16 goal to go carries and only scored two touchdowns. He was the second worst. According to PFF success rate metric, he was the second worst back in the NFL only to James Robinson. So if they want a guy that's going to be successful on more than one out of, or excuse me, three out of four carries, uh, I don't know. I just, I just have this gut feeling like Charbonnet is going to take that over. I like it. And we love youth and Charbonnet is two months younger than, than Walker. So uh, yeah. That points to him being the guy, right? Well, listen, if <laughs> let's move. If, no, if A Chain and, and Charbonnet are in the conversation, honestly, Kendra Miller, I think, belongs yeah, in the conversation absolutely. as well. Absolutely. He's still 20 years old. This time next year, very plausible that Kamara is gone and Jamal Williams was a, a one year wonder with the Lions. And Kendra Miller is, is a 21 year old starter uh, on the saints. Do we have any health updates yeah, not, from him? Not a huge stretch. Do we have any health updates from Kendra? We think he's starting the season. Uh, Cause I, I agree I that I think I, th- I agree that I think if he is, then he, he definitely could be. Or it doesn't matter. Is. It doesn't matter if he starts the season. It's how he it's, plays in the last 10 good, weeks yeah, of the season. Point. That, that's what we care about. That's how Walker got there. Dynasty doppelganger. 
Apparently, let's keep this uh, rookie conversation going since we kind of started doing that. Uh, which 2023 rookie will follow the same path as a 2022 rookie? So find a doppelganger for for a rookie this coming season. And Matt, why don't you start us off? Yeah, I kind of spoiled it already. I think it's I, thought, I said JSN is going to follow the path of Garrett Wilson. You know, it's a little bit different of a situation. Uh, Wilson, you know, didn't come into quite as much competition, I guess, as uh, as JSN is going to come into. But I expect the same, a similar, a similar trajectory. You know, from starting slow to learning the offense, and by the end of the season, we just see a guy just completely take over. Uh, and it, like we talked about already, end up in the first round. I think that this offense is going to be forward thinking. We've seen them move from a more run heavy offense already. Uh, in 2021 to a more pass-friendly offense in 2022. And I think that just continues now that they've added a third weapon there. I think with these three weapons, I think that, you know, are, are these the if we want to look at trios in the NFL wide receivers, are they, they've got to be in the top three to five. I can't come up with more than a couple that I would prefer uh, to Seattle's trio right now. So I think he's going to have a, a trajectory similar to Garrett Wilson, a little bit different situation, but uh, results should be similar. Yeah, I hope, hope you're okay out there on that limb, Matt. That was a... <laughs> you, you I, I feel a like I am. I feel like I am on a limb a little bit, though, because... Oh, you're not. Is, is the predominant theory out there not that JSN is going to struggle mightily in year one? That's all I hear anybody talking about. Yeah, I mean, maybe, but was that the was that the narrative with Garrett Wilson last year? I think that the narrative I remember with Garrett Wilson is who's going to be the Jets wide receiver one, Wilson or Elijah Moore. And of course that seems ridiculous now. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe I, I mean, misread Wilson. this conversation. Like I was, this was a weird question that I had. Well, the, the value, the value on. path, I think, I think you're yeah. probably right on the value path. And, and we all yeah. agreed that JSN could be a wide receiver one and a, and a top 12 pick overall um next year so that part i think is in line but um you know they as far as they probably get there they probably get there in different ways they're gonna have to get there in different ways and and maybe the production could match garrett wilson had a magical rookie season uh jsn would have to really implement himself early with those veterans already there that you talked about sure that could happen but to get there production wise it would it would really, it would probably take an injury, to be honest with you, maybe even uh, relatively early in the season, because Wilson was great uh, for the entirety of the season. I'll go next. I, I went a little bit deeper. I stayed at the wide receiver position as well. And and guys, when I thought about this question, a lot of negatives popped yeah. into my head. Some guys that that didn't really perform a year ago that I thought, oh no, the guys that I I don't necessarily like out of this class are going to follow those footsteps. I tried. Tried to stay positive, though, and I went a little bit deeper in the ADP. I picked Puka Nakua, uh, Rams' fifth-round wide receiver, and I think he could follow the path of Romeo Dobbs from the Green Bay Packers. Dobbs last year, a fourth-rounder. He was he was a third-round pick in rookie drafts, in rookie ADP in June of 20. Uh, 22 and Nakua is actually a fourth rounder. So you get him at even a bigger bargain. If you remember back to a year ago, the, 
the situation in Green Bay was was murky at best at the wide receiver position. We weren't sure who that wide receiver one was going to be. We weren't sure who the number two would be. Alan Lazard was kind of kind of the talk of the town in Green Bay, and maybe by NFL standards, he was quote unquote the wide receiver one. But the young guys, Watson and uh, Dobbs, they were the ones getting the headlines, and I kind of see Nakua potentially following that path. Throughout the offseason here, um, there's going to be an opportunity for somebody to grab hold of that wide receiver two spot in Los Angeles. And, and I just keep looking at Nakua as the guy that, that could be the dark horse for that spot. A lot like Dobbs was last year. He caught 42 passes, 425 yards, three touchdowns. I think Nakua can do just that again. So um, I, I I, I don't know if that's digging a little bit too deep, but if we're looking for no, I don't a doppelganger so. of Dobbs, I think Nakua is probably the guy. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Um, Me too. Dobbs ended up with one one game as a wide receiver one, which is uh, one more than anybody mm-hmm. expected him to have. Uh, two games as a wide yep. receiver two, uh, but you know that was enough to boost him into the at least for a short term into the top one hundred dynasty assets based on our ADP. And when you look at Puka Nakua, you know, certainly a late round rookie pick, barely being drafted in our startup mocks, if he's drafted at all. And to think that in four or five, six months, he could be a, he could be a top 100 asset. Of course that, that sounds crazy, but we would have said the same thing about Romeo Dobbs a a year ago. So uh, I, I love that call and, um, as you said, this, the situation, the opportunity is there for Puka Nakua to, to gain that value and, and to see the field early. And Nakua is, he, he wasn't widely talked about or anything no. like that coming into the NFL draft. He wasn't expected to be like, he wasn't a fringe day two guy. We were expecting him to go on day three but the buzz out of L.A. is that they were pretty excited about him. He was the guy they were targeting. And, and when you hear those kind of things from a pass-happy offense like the Rams have, you just kind of kind of mentally uh, note that in the back of your mind and, and keep that in mind when you're, uh, when you're looking through uh, later in the offseason at the, either the waiver wire or you're in the fourth round of a rookie draft. Um, he's a guy that's a, that's going to be available there. Ryan, you went uh, away from the wide receiver position with your choice here. That's not typically what you do in dynasty. I know, I, know. I don't, I don't like to talk about these <laughs> running backs, but, uh, but this one stood out to me a little bit. And I'm, I've, I have also cheated a little bit. Um, I'm looking at Roshan Johnson here, uh, the bears running back. And uh, in a way, he already reminds me of a couple of rookies that we saw last year. And and then kind of my expectation for his rookie season reminds me of both Brian Robinson and Tyler Algier. Uh, You look at those two guys um, this time last year, uh, Brian Robinson, 134 overall, Tyler Algier was 139 overall. And and they end up as uh, Brian Robinson finishes the RB 43 Algier is the RB 30. And of course, they both end up being the starters for their, for their team. And I think Roshan Johnson could end up being the starter in Chicago as well. Um, some competition there with, with Khalil Herbert and Deontay, uh, Deontay Foreman. 
Um, so it, it'll be a little bit of a muddy situation, kind of like what Algier dealt with in Atlanta. Um, the real thing to, to kind of focus on here is even with, with gaining starting roles, even with a thousand yard season for Algier, those guys did not gain the value that we, we really would like to see from these young running backs. Uh, Algier actually lost some value. Of course, that's impacted by the Bijan Robinson draft pick and uh, Brian Robinson did gain value, but uh, still not, you know, not a, a highly sought after asset. So that makes me think even if Roshan Johnson does have that success, even if he becomes the bears starter, he's going to be a player I would probably like to uh, trade, you know, late in the season or early next off season. I think there's a lot of similarities between both of those 2022 rookie running backs and what you're talking about with Johnson. I, I like the opportunity for Roshan Johnson because the, the competition is, is murky at yeah. best. I would say their, their opportunity, th- those guys, probably have a have a shot to at least be part of a committee but if somebody's going to run away with that job it's probably going to be the rookie to to make that kind of leap so uh i like that one for sure um we got a few we got a few minutes let's let's try this let's hear from the listeners it's time for the question of the week ryan you got a question for us to answer for somebody Yeah, I've got a couple here. Uh, First one from our buddy Jeff Lambert uh, at Jeff Lambert 77. He says, which Dallas wide receiver not named CD Lamb do you want to own in Dynasty? Uh, So, you know, we we got a couple choices here. Of course, they bring in Brandon Cooks. Uh, They have uh, the rookie uh, Jalen Tolbert kind of left over from last year, had a really obviously disappointing rookie season and and then Michael Gallup is still there as well. Seems like most dynasty players have, have given up on him. I mean, to me, this comes down to, uh, do you want kind of what, you know, Brandon cooks is for one or two more years, or do you want the theoretical upside of, of the young player Tolbert? And I'd pretty easily rather have cooks. Yeah, it feels like Cooks is the guy to have here, even if you're looking at a two or three year window. Uh, Gallup, Gallup's an interesting case, Matt. He's a guy that that he was beloved. It felt like for yeah. for a minute there in the dynasty space, and that has fallen apart. And some of that's injury related. A lot of it's because of just out of sight, out of mind. He he hasn't made the plays that he made earlier in his career. He got that contract back to go back to the Cowboys despite the injury. And really, we haven't heard much since then. Does Gallup have a chance to become that guy still, or or is he a guy on the outs in Dynasty? I, I, I think he does have a chance, but it's, I, I saw some blurb weeks, maybe weeks ago at this point, about how he was pretty much only asked to run go routes. And we know that Gallup is a good route runner. So, you know, maybe there's some some opportunity for him to get back in our good graces way down at wide receiver 68. He certainly has lots of room to move up. He's only 27 years old currently. Uh, so if he does make some noise this year, you know, I think he could get back up in that wide receiver three, four range uh, as a dynasty asset. So I, I think there's a chance, but you know, Mike uh, McCarthy, he's calling, he wants to call plays this year, right? He's, he, he wants to, uh, he <laughs> oh wants to run the ball and he, he doesn't want his offense to score too many points. So that's very worrisome. Uh, so I don't know. Like I, I, I think he's, he's worth a dart throw, but I agree with, 
with Ryan that Cooks is the guy to, to own here. Mike McCarthy, we know, we know, Dan, we've been there. We've been there. Let's get lots of ISO routes. Uh, being that top guy, he's not going to get it all the way up there. And he's coming back. Uh, Ryan, you got another question for us? Yeah. Next one comes from Chad. It's Chad B uh, at Chad B underscore FF. If you're a contender, what would you give up for Joe Mixon in a single quarterback league? I don't know. We haven't talked about Mixon lately. Of course, there was obviously the rumors that he would be uh, he would be cut. He would not be, be part of this Bengals team next year. It seems like we're probably past that. I think um, they don't really have uh, any good option behind him. So I'm assuming at this point, when I think about Mixon and his value, that he's going to be a Bengal uh, in 2023, and and that's a good thing for his value. Um, I don't know. I, I like the idea of, of targeting him if I'm a contender. Uh, I don't know what you guys are giving up for him. I think you well, go he, ahead and Dan. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I agree. I think he's kind of undervalued right now that since we made it past this kind of, he's not going to be a Bengal this year. I think at this point it's almost a lock that he's going to be. Uh, so I think you're going to have to pay. I think he's probably going to be back to that late first valuation range. Uh, there's a couple of trades in here, 107 for Mixon in the 302. Uh, it's, it's tough to Alexander Madison and Juju for, for Mixon. That's I'll take Mixon there pretty much every time. Um, so it's, I think his value is a little bit all over the place, but I don't think it's quite normalized yet after all of the, the bad press he got, you know, during and before the draft. So, uh, I mean, I, I'm a content, strong contender. 112 for Joe Mixon for one year of great production. I, I, I kind of like it. Yeah. And there's, there's nothing that says it's only going to be one year for sure. He is 26. I think he's going to be 27 before the season starts, but ADP, his ADP has slipped to the yeah. point where he's almost fallen out of the sixth round. And, yeah. and in, in and underdog drafts, like it's ridiculous value. Like he's like the fifth, yeah, he's sixth round. Free. Like, like, I mean, that for a, yeah. for a, for a starting bell cow back, like that is a, yeah, it's a slam dunk right now. I think I would hesitate to spend that spend that first. I'd be I'd be looking at the two seconds sure. thing. I'd be trying to p- throw a player in a second at at Joe Mixon to add him, especially older wide receiver in leagues where you have to start multiple running backs. He's a good target for for that. Maybe we'll we'll get to some uh, veteran running backs to target and trade a week from now. Uh, spoiler alert, Ryan. We got time for one more. Hit me with another one. Uh, last one comes from Rare Dumpling at Rare Dumpling. Uh, how how are we valuing rookie wide receivers? He's talking about last year's class. How are we valuing wide receivers such as Jamison Williams and Jahan Dotson versus this year's class? Seems like people are holding out. Uh, for the ceiling on Williams and undervaluing Dotson uh, with people jumping off that train. So Jamison Williams. It's interesting, yeah. Ryan. I was just looking at ADP and those guys are side by side at 68 and 69, just a couple spots in front of Joe Mixon. So those two names, in fact, I, I kind of want to do a segment about that, that the second year wide receiver class because there are so many names that are littered throughout our ADP right now. And you, it feels like you can find some value. And the, really these two are, are, so, are the names that jump out to me. I, I really like these two guys. Dotson in particular, I, I think it's, 
it's kind of tragic where he's being valued right now. There are, there are people that, that forget what kind of impact he had, especially early on last season for the commander. I think I'd put them both just after JSN and Addison in terms of wide receiver ranks from, if you want to combine the classes and I could see a case to put them ahead of Addison if you really want to, but I feel like they slot in real nicely after those two. I think that's reasonable. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that that's not where they are. I mean, in our ADP, obviously they're behind JSN, they're behind yeah. Addison, they're behind Quentin Johnston, and they're behind uh, Zay Flowers as well. So, um, and then of course, if you're mixing in the the uh, last year's class, they're still behind Burks, they're behind uh, even George Pickens. So, um, I'm still not sold. I mean, I, I've got some doubts uh, and, and some concerns on Jamison Williams. But I'm with you, Dan, on Jahan Dotson. I think he is is being undervalued. And again, kind of like we talked about earlier, I think it comes down to the the depth of this wide receiver group. You look at it. We talked about Christian Watson earlier. He's wide receiver 19. Michael Pittman, wide receiver 20. I don't know if there's a ton of difference between those guys like that and Dotson and Jamison Williams, wide receiver 35 and 36. So Basically, from your mid-wide receiver two to your low-end wide receiver three, it's a huge, huge tier. I'm looking at the veteran names between, like, wide receiver 28 all the way down to wide receiver about 40. And Dotson and Williams, they stand out as values. Guys ahead of them include Calvin Ridley and Deontay Johnson, Hollywood Brown, and Amari Cooper. Those are all guys between wide receiver 28 and wide receiver 33, all above that, those two names in ADP. And, you know, Dotson, I think I'm taking Dotson over each one of those guys, to be honest with you at this point. He's so young and showed enough last year that uh, it really feels like he could make a surge this year if the quarterback play is at least decent for the commanders. Uh, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the DLF Dynasty podcast. We appreciate you listening. Uh, For Ryan and Matt, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to this episode of the DLF Dynasty podcast. We'll catch you again next week. Thank you for listening to the DLF Dynasty podcast. Please remember to rate and review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.